Welcome to the At The Hive Podcast, part of the SB Nation Network of Podcasts. On today's episode, we talk about the Hornets' new mint uniforms and court design. We talk about the rumors the Hornets have been involved with in the trade market, and we look ahead to the draft that is coming up in just a couple of days. So let's get started. Welcome to the At The Hive Podcast. Hey, hey. Welcome to the At The Hive Podcast. I'm Jonathan, and I'm joined by Zach. How are you, Zach? I am Zach. Yes, sir. You are Zach. And Chase. Chase, who are you? Checks out. Who are you? Still Chase, as far as I'm concerned. Those are Zach and Chase. Uh, It's been a while um, because the Hornets didn't make the bubble. So absolutely, like really nothing Hornets related has happened for a long time. So now that means we get this really condensed... Uh, like five month off season in the next five weeks, so that's really fun. Um, but we'll start with the mint uniforms and court design. Uh, Zach, I'll let you go first because I haven't heard your thoughts yet. What are your What are your thoughts on the? When someone hits something on the 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 nail on the head, you really got to give people props. These uh, jerseys look great. And, you know, I, I am someone who, when someone goes off book or, or yeah. off kind of what they're used to doing, I, I balk at it a lot. Really do think, I, I love these jerseys. I realize they're not traditional colors or anything, but my favorite ice cream is mint chocolate chip. And these things <laughs> just look like a, look great. That, that's why you um, like them, is just the ice cream. It's exactly, exactly. <laughs> the, have you seen the Instagram of Devontae Graham in his car wearing the jersey? Uh, I think so. That yeah, photo shoot was amazing. Real cool, real yeah. cool. Um, and the the court design looks great. They incorporated a lot of the stuff that was already there. The um the honeycombs are still there, but it's, it's got that mint color on it. Um, I honestly, it reminds me of nothing. It it it's like its own spectacular thing, which is really cool. There's no like college nod or anything like that. The history of the city is embedded in there. Though they say that the, the mint color is supposed to represent the inaugural like branch mint for the national mint, and that's a real big stretch to incorporate into the city's history, in my <laughs> estimation. But I love the jerseys. Do you guys have a different opinion? Do you like them too? I I don't know anybody that doesn't like them so far that I've seen. Chase. Yeah, I mean, I I also have not seen anybody be like, "Wow, these are." bad i mean i pretty much everybody i've i've seen is like these are like the best uniforms in the nba i think they're like as basically as close to a 10 out of 10 as you can possibly get yeah i i honestly thought the mint was just like money like it's dollar bit like color of like money like big which goes with the rest of the, the the coin themes and stuff i like the idea of like kind of branching away from the team colors for the city uniforms because a lot of teams have been doing that because they're actual like city like homages to their city, like the Jazz and their uh, their little gradient uniforms they've used the last few years, and the Miami Vice ones. 
So I like that we went that route. And yes, they just I think they just completely nailed it. Um, and I don't think any other team has mint black, granite, and gold as a color scheme anywhere in the world. So props to them. For no, and they work that really that well together. Yeah, yeah and the, I love the buzz. You know, I love the the Buzz City logo on everything, and even the Hornet. Um, I was a little worried that like a gold Hornet uh, might look like. Is is it? It's not Wake Forest that has a gold Hornet. Who's a local team that Georgia has Tech. a gold Hornet? Uh, Georgia Tech. Yes, there you go. And it really doesn't look like that at all. It's its own no. thing. Um, so yeah, they did a great job on this. I know it's not a hot take or anything, but <laughs> A plus, love it, love it. Yes. I will say that um, uh, Miles Bridges is one of the players that they kind of highlight the jersey on and that kind of stuff. Boy's got a little quarantine body going on. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that that little bubble pra- practice thing that they were going on, you know, maybe needs to hit those suicides a little bit more. Is all I'm saying. Is all I'm saying. I'm sure he's going to be great. <laughs> um, I like how they also, I guess, and I, um, Bridges definitely is the guy that needs to always be on them. He's got the body type to where he could just like either get super swole or super fat without any effort. He just got to pick which one. But, um, I also like for the court how they did the the filled in three point line because Hornets fans just love themselves a filled in three point line, like the '90s court. The, the court is almost is like honestly just as good as the jerseys too, which yeah. is like the best part. They just completely nailed the entire thing. I the like uh, they, the Buzz City logo in the center looks so nice too. I feel like they every branding thing they do, like going back to That's when they true. first rebranded as the Hornets. Where they're just like, oh, like great logo, great uniforms, and then the court, like everything's been like top notch from the honeycomb pattern on the court, and then these new uniforms and everything. All the city uniforms have been great. So yeah, and the yeah, they've tr- done every the color trade of the try on sides of the court. Um, that's what I thought when they were doing the mint thing. I thought they were going to re- reference mint. The um, is it Mint Street or Mint Avenue on in mint, Charlotte Street. And downtown? Charlotte. Mint Street, yeah. yeah. Um. And I was I thought that's what they were referencing, but then they have the trade and try on sides of the court, which is just really a cool local addition to the court as well. Yeah. The whole thing is just very Charlotte. Like not it's not Hornets, it's Charlotte, which I think is cool. But it's bringing the Hornets into the city, which is the connection that we had in the nineties and yeah. a connection we could forge if, you know, we made the right decisions on the court that they made. Not just the, the uniforms and the court, but the basketball decisions. Which we're, they're, they're trying, Zach. A... They're, <laughs> they're trying. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, the draft is this this Wednesday. So, uh, plays away. Um, and then free agency is a couple days after that. Um, I'm gonna tie both. We'll do the. I'm gonna tie in Mitch Kupchak's um press conference a little bit into both of these. Uh, we'll start with the 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 rumors, I guess. Um, Russell Westbrook was we apparently the Hornets were linked to Russell Westbrook trades, and I feel like this is going to become a decent conversation because Zach has a take. Zach, go ahead and uh, explain your take. It's not really a take; it's the right thing to do. Okay, to take what we need to do is get Russell Westbrook on this team. What we need to do is bring an electric player who can get buckets down, who will be the biggest superstar on this team. You were saying Chase since uh, Larry Johnson taking Kemba Walker out of it because we drafted Kemba Walker. I mean, it would be it would be a game changer if we put this guy on this team. He would be going from the west to the east, which means he's not facing 
all the power, uh, firepower that the West has to offer, which means we could be going with a Russell Westbrook on this team, depending on what we would have to ship out to the middle of the playoffs, you know, maybe even a contention for an Eastern Conference um, semifinal, you know, maybe <laughs> finals. I'm just going to say finals because we don't actually have a season yet, and I'm just going to project great if we trade the right type of players. Yes, there's a large amount of salary on it, but the players that we have right now are on cheap con- contracts for the next, what, two years, three years, depending on who you're talking about. If we wanted to, Devontae... We don't have to extend his contract right now. We could we could see how he goes. We could see if last season was an outlier season or not, or if he's really dedicated to the way he's playing basketball. And then think about this. I realize Russell Westbrook's uh, shooting numbers are just in the in the pits, and he doesn't have the explosion explosiveness he had when he was younger. But as the leading person, when he's when he's cutting to the basketball, if he kicked it out to a Devontae who can hit a three-pointer, or if he kicked it out to a PJ who can hit a three-pointer, I think you're running the type of offense that um, would win games in the Eastern Conference Finals. And just can you imagine my boy Russell Westbrook in these uh, chocolate chip mint jerseys, just <laughs> dripping all over the floor? It would be it would be great. And he's Jordan Brand. This is the guy we need on this team as long as a few caveats here, as long as we don't send out the number three pick to get him, as long as we don't send out a future pick to get him. A lot of wildness going on about what we would trade to get Russell Westbrook. Um, But this guy would be electric. He would light the court on fire every night. And we haven't had that um, since Kemba Walker had a few players around him and we made the playoffs. But I know you guys are here to just rain on everybody's parade. Please tell me why we should stay lame for the next three years. Chase, you can go first. <laughs> $132 million is a lot of money for a guy that's 32, can't shoot, declining athletes. I mean, not that he's bad. Like he, I mean, he made an all-NBA team, so like he's still good, obviously. Wait, he did this year? I think, or not uh, last year, I think. I th- okay. Actually, I think he might have made it for uh, 20, not like 19, 20. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm was gonna look good, it up right now. but I just the uh, the playoffs kind of made me think like the bubble and the playoffs are like, oh yeah, Russell Westbrook's garbage now. But that's also yeah. not, he's not in an ideal situation for his talents with Harden. But anyway, continue. Yeah, and and like he he's just getting older as well. Like like and a guy that he re, he does rely on athleticism. So that type of thing, like it's just so risky having that much money in a guy that like might not be really like even close to what he is now down the like down the road in three years and like that's not it's like you're basically putting yourself into another like Nick Batum situation obviously with a player that's way better but you're also just putting way more money on the table too so it's just it is it's just like I I don't know I like I'm not really into it it totally because it also takes the ball out of Devontae's hands and I kind of just want to see if he can be the like lead point guard for the future. No, I, I don't think he's the number one guy. They still got to find a Russell Westbrook type player to lead the team. But I just, I'd much rather that player be like 24, 25 currently, or like younger with the number three pick even than, than be 32 and already signed to a, like the biggest contract ever. Russell Westbrook did make an all NBA team last season, by the way. So Okay. Yeah. Was he, I, I forgot whether or not he was third team. 
yeah, or just or like didn't get make it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that, that that's why probably why so many teams like are talking themselves into it because they, they'll be like, <laughs> well, he did make All NBA even if he looked not that great in the playoffs. Yeah. So the thing with Russell Westbrook is, I do think he would help us in the immediacy, and I think if the trade were to happen, it would be easy to root for the Hornets this year. It'd be fun to root for the Hornets this year and probably next year. Um, the problem is is that the rest of the roster is not at their best. And by the time, and like the time, like they're going like on opposite ends of the curve. So like by the time most of the rest of the roster is like ready to peak, Russell Westbrook will be bad or, you know, not a good player anymore. And then that kind of comparison to current Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And it means, and then in the meantime, you're not going to be, it'll be harder to add, young talent to the roster because one you won't have the cap space because of Russell Westbrook's contract and he's going to play the Hornets out of a good draft spot so you kind of have to hope in my opinion that like the players that are on the roster right now or would be on the roster with Russell Westbrook this season would be good enough to do stuff without Russell Westbrook in two years or two or three years and I don't think the the roster is ready for that yet as appealing as it is to have a superstar so yeah, explain that, explain to me, all right, so you're saying that are the the breakout players, you know, breakout's a strong word for the players that we have. <laughs> yes. The players who can can grow into strong uh, role-playing parts on our team aren't at their peak right now, right? So we yeah. have PJ Miles, I assume you're you're taking the consideration Cody, I know you're you're you have a Cody shrine in your house kind well, of thing. He's he's only got one year left. No, he's got Cody Martin's got three years. Right? Oh, Cody Martin, yes. I thought you were talking about Cody. Yeah. Oh no, I wasn't including Cody. I'm, I'm, I'm used to the Martin breakout. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm used to the Martin twins being treated as a single entity because, like, everything I they apologize. do. Like, you're the right. Hornet, even I the apologize. Hornets. It's like post exit interviews. Here's Devontae Graham. Here's Terry Rozier. Here's the Martin twins. Here's PJ Washington. <laughs> They're enough. just treated as a single entity. So I forget that they have gotcha. individual names. Like the Morris twins, except yeah, it's good. And- my point is that so you're paying the money for Russell Westbrook right now while these contracts are cheap. And yeah. although I hear you that like PJ and Miles and and Devonte you believe haven't hit their peak and I don't know if that's actually true, but I would say that in the years that you're paying Russell Westbrook, they're cheap and developing into the people that you hope them to be when Russell Westbrook is gone in 4 years. And you have a chance to compete in the next two years and be exciting. And maybe PJ and Miles get some playoff experience. Um, and who knows, because you're now having a superstar in on your team. Look, look, it's, it happened to OKC. It happened to the Warriors. I know the Warriors, it's happened a long time with the Warriors, that they can attract these major superstars. And it takes making a risk like this. Now, I'm not saying trade the the number three pick in this. I think the number three pick is part of your growing plan over the next four years with the Russell Westbrook. If you're the Rockets trading Russ, you're trying to save money on that contract. So if we're saving you money, I believe we should get something in return, not pay you picks in order to get that person. So we'll give you Batum's expiring. Um, and any other combination, although I would like it to be Rogier going back to them, of Rogier, Zeller, um, Biombo, though, again, that's a huge expiring contract for them next year. If you did some trade like that that involved their 2022 pick or maybe even involved us, we, we have uh, two second-round picks this year. Is that right, John? 
Yeah, thirty-two and fifty-six. Sure. So, <laughs> so you guys get Batum's expiring, um, Biombo's expiring, a second round pick. We get Russell Westbrook and your twenty twenty-two or twenty twenty-two first round protected if you want it that way. Um, that way, we're in the super draft with multiple picks. We haven't given up our top three pick, and we have an exciting player, and we have a chance to be competitive and to be looked at differently. That's the big thing: <laughs> is that the mindset of the NBA is that the Hornets are kind of a joke, and I mean that's the truth. The yeah, situation warranted, and having Russell Westbrook, yeah, would would turn us into a team with a superstar. Whether or not you believe the superstar is the future, he will make us a playoff team and at least put us in serious consideration for future superstars is the argument. Um, you know, and we cannot do this and uh, put the number three, take Anthony Edwards at number three or some person who wouldn't be picked in the top 10 any other year. Um, <laughs> or we could, we could marry Russ with our potential picks and have them grow together is all I'm saying. Yeah. Shake I, it I, up, I think... man. We've been doing <laughs> Yeah, if if, uh, yeah, the one thing you said is very important is that if this trade were to ever happen, um, it has to be done with the expectation that Russell Westbrook is a negative asset that we get, we get assets for taking on his contract. Um, anything where we are giving up uh, assets to acquire him is a is a big no. Um, but it it is a risk because just like I said, I mean you have to hope that somebody that's on the team now is able to develop into that star to take over for mm-hmm. Westbrook, or you can get lucky and find one somewhere else. Um, Mitch yeah, Chase, Kupchak, you, you go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I was gonna say it, it was funny. Um, Mitch Kupchak, he did his you know pre-draft media availability, and the second question he was asked was basically like, "What's the deal with this Russell Westbrook rumors?" And he was like. Come on, Rick, you've been doing this long enough to know I can't talk about individual players. But he, at the end, said that he doesn't anticipate trading for a big star, a big veteran player right now. He's, or he's, let me rephrase that because I'm going to try to more accurately portray said. It was like, if you were to ask if it would make sense for us to trade for a an established veteran star the answer probably would look like no, but if something were to come up, we'd have to think about it. So that take that answer for what it's worth in terms of the likelihood of it happening. Uh, what were you about to ask, Chase? Just, just simply that, like, Chase suggested that... The, I'm sorry, I for, lost my train of thought because I was thinking about uh, Mitch <laughs> Kupchak. <laughs> Every time Mitch Kupchak talks he is explaining the process to the person that he's talking to, right? Yes. We certainly could trade for that um, <laughs> very experienced player, although we could not. Um, we are yeah. actively engaged <laughs> in the trade process. In that, I mean, we we know how it works. Um, we have multiple picks. We may keep them. We may not. We may trade down. We may not. Um, and look, if you're if you're trading for someone, you're not going to be like, I love Russell Westbrook, and we want Russell Westbrook here. You're going to you know, lay groundwork and not give anybody give out your plan kind of thing. Yeah. You also can't speak about players on other teams. It's tampering. Yeah. They, but, uh, they look down on that is what I hear. Yeah. They'll find you $500,000. Unless you live in Los Angeles. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to overcome that and get the, them in trouble. But um, the other player that I've seen rumored other veteran player before we get to draft stuff. Um, 
is Miles Turner, Pacers center Miles Turner has been linked. Uh, the Hornets have expressed interest in him. Um, makes a little more sense financially and positionally and and age wise. Uh, what do either of you guys have any opinions on that potential move? I mean, I would be totally into that if it didn't take like Miles Bridges or Malik Monk, which I assume it would, unfortunately. But like, if they could just do like Cody Zeller, and like, yeah. I don't even know what other what other outgoing salary it would have to be necessarily. <laughs> to I mean, maybe if they could be like, hey, here's Cody Zeller and Terry, like I would probably I would I, I would definitely do that for Miles Turner, to be honest. I mean, especially because you could maybe convince them to give you like a second round pick because yeah. Cody's an expiring, and then Terry is. I think a year shorter than Miles Bridges or Miles Turner's contract. I'm not really sure, but Miles Turner would be like a really ideal fit, especially like next to PJ, but just with like Devante too, he can pick and pop or pick and roll or just spot up from three. He can jump really high in the air. He's very long mm-hmm. arms. And then he would be like the only like shot blocker on the team, which is like, you don't, you don't need someone to be an elite shot blocker to be like a good, uh, defensive team at the rim but it definitely helps and since pj is not really like a long athletic guy it'd be nice to have somebody next to him that can kind of make up for that but at the right price of course Jack, do you have any thoughts oh i hate it you hate it yeah (laughs) spending that much money on a mid-tier center i mean miles turner is a mid-tier center now there was a time when he was thought of as a potentially a star we do this to everybody like oh miles turner has shown that um he can play in the nba imagine what he'll be in two years yeah and we're you know look look at capella you know minus anthony davis there's really no good reason minus anthony davis minus you know the potential zion williams that kind of thing like Spend your money on guard, in my opinion, spend your money on guards and three-point shooting um, wings and power forwards who can stretch the floor. And don't spend your money on shot blocking uh, centers who average 10 points or less a game. Um, but so I, I don't I don't like that at all. But I could see that being exciting for people um, because they <laughs> see the need for center on our team. Yeah, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm kind of iffy on this one too. Um, I think so. Miles Turner, if you could just drop him on the Hornets, I'd be for that. But I do not like the idea of giving up anything, any future asset again to give up Miles Turner because it's kind of the same thing you you said, Zach. The he's a center, and I'm team no center. And um, Chase, like to Chase's point, he does have three point shooting ability, and he is a versatile center. I just it's kind of the same thing I'm going to talk about when we talk about the draft. Um, it's kind of like a he fits. He's a piece that fits the puzzle really well, but I don't think our puzzle's good enough to worry about making it all fit together yet. And so I, don't, I worry about giving up assets just to make the current pieces fit when we're going to have to get new pieces anyway. If that makes sense. When you all saw the Rockets play this year, and they were mm-hmm. playing that small lineup, sometimes PJ was playing at center. What did you think about Most that? Yeah. Did, did you like that style of basketball? Um, you know, I realize it's anchored by James Harden, which is a, a phenom and a, a specific player. But that's how I imagine um, Borrego 
playing offense on this or yeah, playing offense with this team is kind of PJ Washington. If you use PJ Washington, you know, he needs to uh, gain a few pounds to do this, but if he could hit an outside three, he could play the Anthony Davis role like the Lakers played on there where he can do everything. Um, and if you're betting on someone on our team, at least in, this is how I feel. PJ is the person to do it. Yeah, I think the NBA as a whole is probably going to get more in that direction. Where as long as you have a couple players that are, if you can get multiple players that are pretty rangy and like six seven or six eight or so, um, you can get by with them playing center, um, and it makes everything easier. If especially if they can shoot, because then your everything is just like an interchangeable piece with like the shooting and the ball handling and the defense, you can just switch everything and there's no mismatches. Um, I think if teams are going to try to emulate that a little bit, I know the Rockets didn't have a lot of success with that, but I also don't think that's a result of the system they played. I just don't think they had as good of players as the Lakers. Which but, is why if the name is Drummond or yeah. if the name is Turner, I just don't want to spend $40 million on a, a shot blocker. Yeah. Do you have anything else, Chase? Now that we, no, I mean, yeah, that you, you got shot down. Zach got shot down. I need to come up with something to get shot down before the show's over. You didn't yeah, make no, it. I, mean, I uh, agree with all reps that, on the bench press. Every the what? I didn't bring <laughs> the reps on the bench press. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. I failed. I failed the bench press. That was what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I got. But um, well, uh, it, I think is there any other? I don't have. I haven't seen anything else. Trade rumors or free agency. So uh, I think it's time to talk about the draft. But first. Uh, it is ad time, so we'll be right back. Welcome back at the podcast. I'm Jonathan. I'm joined by Zach and Chase, just like I was a minute and a half ago. Um, the draft is in two days because it's Monday right now. If you're listening, time to is a flat of... circle, Jonathan. I <laughs> have no idea what day it is when the draft is happening. We're gonna have basketball in a month, basically. It's Monday. It, it, well, it's Monday to the people that are listening to this right now. So just keep that Fair. in mind. Um, Hornets have three picks, uh, as explained by Mitch Kupchak in his press conference. They pick third, they pick thirty-second, and they pick fifty-sixth. Um, which means uh, there is no rest because there's pretty much. You know, the Hornets are always nearing uh, their pick. Um, I think the general consensus with the top three that everybody's saying, I don't know if it actually establishes a consensus within the NBA, but what the reports are is that it's Ball, Wiseman, and Edwards are the top sort of order. Um, and I and the Hornets are getting linked to Wiseman and Edwards, not as much to Ball, but we did as in Ball's workout. Um, I'll, I'll start with this. Chase, who's your favorite of the three? And who do you think the Hornets get out of the three? Well, I mean, I I like have been on on the record as a LaMelo <laughs> guy for a long time, I yes. think. So, I mean, he he's easily my favorite of the three. I don't entirely see them getting him because, like you said, nobody has really been rumored to be connected to him other than like the teams going to his workout, which I think was the Hornets, Wolves, Warriors, and Pistons, which was uh, – interesting because they pick seventh so yeah, maybe they're he's uh, not going to a trade-up target Exa- yeah exactly so maybe they're trying to trade up with either the hornets or warriors but i mean he has been the like the, the only rumor about him really has been that he is expected to be the number one pick like yeah. one way or another whether it's minnesota <laughs> or a team that trades for him so i don't see him getting there so i and i could definitely see them just picking between uh 
like Wiseman Edwards and maybe on Yeko Okongwu they were that was a, a rumor like probably a week ago I think the ringers Kevin O'Connor mentioned that in his mock draft that they've been looking at uh on Yeko recently as like a, a alternative to James Wiseman if they're going to go big at three which I presume they would only do if Edwards and Ball go one and two in some order but yeah I mean it, it'll be uh I don't. I don't really know. I have like a strong uh, conviction on who that who they end up end up with um, if Ball goes number one because I really have no idea what they're like actually thinking. Yeah. Mitch is pretty good at the smokescreen stuff <laughs> I've, I've learned over the last couple of weeks. I imagine whenever he talks to like uh, the the insider, the media insiders and agents and stuff, he just talks like he does in his press conferences where he just tells them stuff like, "Yeah, we've worked out a lot of players um, because we have ten workouts we're allowed to do, and we've used all ten of them." Yeah, yeah, right. like, like he's talking to Rick Manel and he's like, Rick's like, oh, what prospects are you interested? In? He's like, well, anyone that is uh, NBA draft eligible in the year of 2020. <laughs> like, okay, thanks for the info. So that's how we that's how we get tied to everything. It's like the Hornets called about Russell Westbrook because Mitch Kupchak is just like, we could trade for Russell Westbrook. Everything is a possibility. Yes, <laughs> there are 450 players in the NBA. We could trade for any one of them theoretically. Yes. Any one of them at any time. So just watch out, guys. We, we could, could trade, trade players up. We could trade down. <laughs> we could stay Left, where right, we are. Anything. Um, Zach, who is your favorite of those three? And do you think the Hornets will get the fav- your favorite? And do you, so are, do you have a wild card? Because I know you that you want the Hornets to pick. So I, I, believe I have all the answers all the time for you, my friend. Um, uh, so <laughs> I think that of the three that, that you're speaking about, Anthony Edwards is the most intriguing to me. Um, he struggled on the three-point line, but I know there's better ways of finding if a player is going to be successful at the three-point line than the college three. So mm-hmm. um, he has a good uh, free throw percentage. He's got the the uh, I love um, the attack uh, motivation of players like this. Um, it, he reminds me a, a little bit of like a Victor Oladipo um, in that like he can take over a play. Um, he can yeah. be the the main person with the ball. Um, I worry about a little bit of, about if he is a passer in the NBA. Um, and I'm I'm always worried about their shot potential. But I think all three players have shot issues. Um, and if you look at the the draft order, um, the person with the most like wild card potential, I think, is Ball. Um, and I see Minnesota trying to get that kind of wild card potential superstar at number one. I think if the Warriors stick with number two, that Wiseman makes a bunch of sense for them um, because they need a presence in the paint and they have the shooting on the outside already. So I see Edwards kind of being there at number three. Um, my wild card, though, is killing Hayes. I think that what I've seen, you know, I'm not a big college basketball guy. He plays in France. He's already played with kind of uh, – bigger athletes, pro athletes who kind of know what they're doing. So you're not getting um, a kid who you don't know how they're going to act in a professional atmosphere. Killian Hayes has already played in a professional atmosphere. I like that idea for the pick at number three as a wild card, though I would the only player of those three that I would be iffy on is LaMelo, just because Australia <laughs> we really don't know how you would play in a in an actually competitive uh, environment and um you know I, I realize he comes with a lot of swagger 
and um, it would come with a lot of media attention, but I don't know how he would fit in specifically with our players and our team that already plays like a team, you know? Yeah. He, um, Ball is probably my, my favorite just because I think the big question about him is the shot, but I think the shooting is just him having being uh, inconsistent with his mechanics because his form does look good when he actually like locks it in. Um, and then, like you said, with the whole, he's the superstar draw and all that stuff. Uh, but I think he'll probably go to Minnesota, and I hope the Hornets end up with Anthony. And I, so, with if that were to happen, I hope the Hornets end up with Anthony Edwards. <clears throat> I don't want them to pick Wiseman. If they do pick a center, I like Okongwu better than Wiseman. I'd rather them pick Abdia or Hayes if if Edwards or Ball and Edwards go one two. Um, the the thing with Edwards feels like the one that is most likely. Like I feel like there's the most like behind the scenes smoke, if that makes sense. Um. You know, with like Jordan meeting with him, and then it, you know, that gets posted to Instagram that like Michael Jordan talked personally with Anthony Edwards, and then like the next day, it came out like the Hornets are, oh, the Hornets are so interested in James Wiseman, like they're gonna trade up to get James Wiseman, they're gonna draft James Wiseman so hard, like to try to kind of cloud up that uh, Anthony Edwards news. So that's right. the one, and then I guess Anthony Edwards did an Instagram live the other day, and he's wearing a Hornets shirt. So there's that. Um, Do you think that the Hornets should, if since the Pistons were at the ball practice, if the Pistons were interested in number three in a vacuum, would you trade down to seven um, if that package was interesting? You got to think that there's very little Piston players that would make it interesting. It had to be some type of future pick. Yeah, I don't know. Because if the Pistons are trying to trade up to three, that means they're going to do it to get LaMelo. And I might just want to take LaMelo know what the pistons could offer to make me change my mind on that they don't have any other picks in this draft and i don't know I mean, they'd have to give up if they if it was like a mavericks hawks thing where the mavericks gave the hawks like another first round pick to move up to get trey young or to get luka Doncic, um maybe but i don't know i just feel like there's such a drop off after those top i guess it's really for me the top two that you're kind of missing out and you better hope that the Pistons suck, and you get a really good pick out of it. And you're top if two Edwards is Ball, and Ball go one and two, though. Yeah, but then if the, if Ball and Edwards go one and two, I don't think the Pistons want to trade Pistons. up. Right. That's yeah. That's a good point. So that's that's the thing. I don't know. But I mean, I think they might trade. Like they're more likely, I feel like, to trade with the Warriors because they might have more ready pieces that the Warriors be interested in, and the Warriors might want to yeah. get future assets from them because the Warriors. Their capital is not going to be very good, at least for the next year or two, when all their players come back. Yeah, like they could offer them like Blake Griffin or something. Yeah, for just uh, maybe Wiggins and two, or just hmm. Blake Blake Griffin and Kennard for Wiggins and two or something. That I feel like that's much more likely. Yeah, one thing I want to say uh, that I thought was really cool, or I think is kind of interesting, and it kind of shows the state of the current NBA. Uh, Anthony Edwards and Lamelo Ball are both like, yeah, I want to play in Minnesota. And I think that just kind of shows how the NBA has gotten away from this like big market bias a lot where Anthony Edwards isn't as surprising, but like LaMelo Ball, who's, you know, been a, a superstar, social media superstar since he was like 14 years old is like, yeah, man, I'll take, I'll be the number one pick and go play for Minnesota. And like he, I like he worked out privately. They're so. both want to be picked number one too, right? 
So yeah, there's no like saying I want to play in Minnesota means that I want to be picked first. There's, there's that yeah. kind of underlying that that com- those comments as well. Yeah, but I think there's always been this reputation in the that the NBA's had where like all the good players just want to go to New York or Chicago or LA or Miami and stuff. Where um, if any, I think given the reputation, I don't think this is exactly true of his character, but the reputation that someone like Lamelo Ball has coming into the draft. If there's any player that would try to wiggle their way out of going to Minnesota, it would be LaMelo Ball. And he worked out with them privately one-on-one a couple days ago. So I think that's, I think that's just, that's cool to see. Cause I think the NBA is better if superstars are like all over the place and in small markets and in weird places like Milwaukee and Minnesota and Charlotte and stuff like that. I think that was a subtweet at LeBron James. A real, what do you think, Chase? <laughs> it, it, definitely, it definitely could have been. It's, it, I mean, <laughs> we, we might have to send that one to him and see what he thinks. I, I wasn't but, thinking about LeBron James in that when I was making that comment, but yes, it is very accurate. <laughs> if the shoe fits, you might have to <laughs> If the shoe fits, yes. <laughs> uh, one other thing from Mitch Kupchak's press conference that was interesting. Um, well, there's well, one of the questions was, do you think given the – like hyper shortened off season that uh, you know, you're going to prioritize picking a player at three. That'll be more NBA ready. And Mitch Kupchak said, I'll, all I will tell you is that the player we pick at three will probably be 19 or 20. And that means no, will be top. So that was a welcome thing to hear. You know Not who that else was surprising. Me. What? You know who else? Oh, wait, never mind. Never mind. I thought James Wiseman was 21, but I think he's 20. I was going to say that. It might mean no James Wiseman, but scratch oh, that. 20. Yeah, but he's 20. But that would have been cool. But um, <laughs> he's almost 20. But yeah, that, that I thought Obi Toppin was in play at three. I think it's come up at now and then, and people are worried about the whole, like, oh, Michael Jordan just wants to pick good college players. Um, The the fact they just came out and said, we're going to pick a 19 or 20-year-old when uh, – all of the prospects slated to go that high are 19 or 20, except for Toppin, who's about to be 23 in a couple months. So that's it's a little bit too. early. Obi Toppin might turn out to be like the best role player or piece in this draft. The the, the engine he had in college and the, the outside shooting as well. I like Obi Toppin a lot. I hear the concerns about his age and stuff like that, but it'll be interesting to see how his career goes, especially with three people at the top whose commitment or not, maybe not commitment, but whose engine is in question. Who's, you know, yeah. the, the, they take plays off or Lord knows Wiseman took a whole half a season off. And, <laughs> you know, it'll be, uh, I like a player like Obi Toppin who, who seems to play hard every, every play. I will be watching him somewhat closely just because I do have no idea. I have no idea like how he's going to work in the NBA. Um, which is why I've been like anti Toppin for the Hornets. Just like his defense is so bad, so I don't. I'd like to see how that works, and then just I don't know what he does. I want to see how he gets his buckets and on offense. Not that I don't think he can. I'm just curious to see what translates for him because he does have the engine, and he does have the flair and the athleticism and stuff. So it'll be that'll be interesting. Um, one other thing that happened, one other thing from the the cup check interview, I thought was really funny, and this isn't. I don't know if there's much to talk about with this. I just wanted to share. Uh, check did his whole introduction, which again, like we've talked about, he just kind of explained things. And they're like, "All right, we'll open the floor for questions." And the first question he gets asked is like, "Is Denny Avdia? Do you like Denny Avdia as a prospect?" Just straight up, this 
picking. And Mitch Kupchak was just like, he was clearly taken aback. He was just like, whoa. Um, and I was, I thought it was really funny just how heavy he's put on the spot with that question. And if you haven't watched it, you definitely should. Um, yeah, he probably doesn't expect to be asked that so directly. He doesn't even prepare yeah. for it. No, yeah, it's just because he's like, well, I have to be careful here because I can't say anything. Because if I say like, oh, we love him, like kind of playing our cards, like, kind of showing our hand a little bit. But then I also like do want to respect him as a player. So I'll just say he's like, I think he'll be fine. The answer, but, um, as always, is he is eligible to be drafted yeah. in the 2020 draft. He is one of hundreds of players we may choose for that number three pick. <laughs> do you guys, yes. Do you guys, would you be okay with Abdiya at three if uh, Ball and Edwards go one, two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, just, <laughs> yeah. I guess you have to be because, like, your options if Ball and Edwards are off the board are so, like, limited. Like, it's really just, like, him, Wiseman, Akongwu, Hayes. Maybe like Isaac Okoro or Hal Burton or something would be in the in the mix at that point too, I guess. But yeah, I guess it would just be like, okay, that's, that that works. It'd be disappointing that the, yeah, two, yeah. the two players you wanted were gone, and now we're just like, ah. Yeah, right. But it's like you can't do anything about that because it's yeah. like it's definitely not worth trading up for them. So it's like, well, you just take what you can get at that point. Then you you are aggressively trying to trade down. I think because if you can land Okoro, uh, like Okongwu. Vassell, Halliburton, Hayes at like maybe it's like seven or eight if you can convince like New York to do it, even if uh, Lamella Ball is gone. Like yeah. I bet that would be very, very preferable to just picking one of them at three, I think, because all those guys between like basically three and I guess nine or ten have a similar ceiling in the NBA, I think. So yeah, you and might I think well just take the one that you like the most. You and I are kind of in the boat where everybody says, I think you and I are both in that boat where he belongs in that next tier down with everybody else, right? Right. Like, I mean, because, like, unless he is, like, literally Anthony Davis, which is, I mean, like, all respect to him. He seems like a really nice guy that works really hard. Like, that kind of is discrediting the work and natural ability that Anthony Davis has done and put in to for just every, like, every draft for a guy to come in and be like, well, he can be the best big <laughs> man in, in the modern NBA history. So, like, yeah. I don't think that that's a fair ceiling to put on a guy that played three games in college. Like him being a long-term starting NBA center. That is like basically a double, double threat night in and night out is really, really good. Like, so like, I don't, I don't understand the problem with, with saying that that's what someone is going to be. And then people get like offended that you're like disrespecting his, his ability or something. Like, I just don't think that this guy is like a one of one talent. Like he's a one of, two or three talent i guess because he's like so massive but he just doesn't have the like the lebron anthony davis zion williamson like upside that like literally a handful of guys in the entire universe have yeah it's like yeah maybe he'll be a good center maybe he'll be like andre drummond or right which is fine that's a good center makes a lot of money and he puts (laughs) up a lot of numbers and like if he was on a good team he'd probably be pretty good so that's fine just not something you pick third if you if you exactly better um zach you've been a little quiet do, do you have thoughts on wiseman because we call, we both talked about edwards and ball we didn't really talk about we both chase and i have just kind of and you too we all just kind of dismissed wiseman as a possibility would you be fine with taking wiseman third if ball and edwards go first and second or would you rather look to like you i know you brought up killian hayes earlier would you rather look that direction i'd be fine with wiseman simply because in the in this in the salary cap that we're in 
Wiseman could help at center and not be the Miles Turner option where we're spending yeah. $20 million a year on it. I'd be fine with Wiseman. And although, you know, we talk about Zion Williamson like he's done something, he has potential too. Um, what kills me about Wiseman is that literally he, no injury, no nothing. He could have made an excuse about an injury and just said, I'm leaving my team to prepare for the draft, which is his choice and it's fine. But it's I because I have nothing else to go on because you played such little games, that's the thing that I'm concentrating on. But I'd be fine with a seven-footer who is relatively cheap um, for the next four years, uh, especially if we get Russ. <laughs> The Danny thing as well, like, what are we, I mean, uh, I don't know about you guys, I haven't caught a lot of the Tel Aviv games, you know, I I haven't seen a lot of his play, what I know is that he's not known as an outside shooter, Um, he's known as a playmaker who is ball dominant, and if we're not trading anybody off this team, man, we kind of have two guards that are already like that, Um, so I wonder where he would fit in in our team, and I know we don't like to talk about fit, we just want the best player available, but it's just hard to make decisions on these guys. And I know there's podcast upon podcast upon TV show that will give you their opinions about them. And I try to shy away from it, especially when I don't have like not just incomplete information, but almost no information besides somebody else's opinion of the player. You know, you know, it's funny is that um, I also haven't watched uh, full Tel Aviv games. But because I've looked up any of the highlights and stats and stuff, um, my Google alerts will give me like Tel Aviv scores even now. Like, I think yesterday I got an alert that Tel Aviv was winning their game by like 40. I'm like, thanks, Google. Don't really care. Just wanted their- <laughs> not, not, not anymore, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so There's one particular player that Tel Aviv stats. Uh, I don't really care about the current iteration of Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, I don't think Avdia is particularly ball dominant. Um, I think he can be, but he's also very good off the ball. He's a very good cutter. Uh, he's a good, he, he moves well without the ball. I think he'll be a decent spot up shooter, like good enough to where he, he's already good enough as a spot up shooter where he's going to fit in the offense. I don't know if or when it'll be like a plus skill, but it's, it's a neutral skill right now. But, um, the thing with Wiseman, one, I don't think he measured as well as people thought he was. Um, because I saw Draft Express posted like a, you know how they do their physical comparisons of players. Oh yeah, like being like this guy's built like this. Yeah, he was Miles guy. Turner. Huh. Like he's this, and that's smaller than I think he's been listed at all this time, isn't it? I, th- I well, I mean, everyone says he's seven one. Miles Turner seven is like one, six yeah. eleven, seven feet. Yeah. Yeah, Miles. Yeah, so, Miles Turner is listed at six eleven. That's interesting. I mean. Maybe it's just being like he looks like him, but like an inch or two taller. But that's definitely interesting. No, I figured I have, it would be like like Hassan Whiteside or something because Hassan's like yeah. a legit seven footer and also really I, long wingspan. <laughs> I, I think it's important it, to note good. here that Miles Turner rocks the braids and that Wiseman has the <laughs> afro. So maybe we're adding the extra two inches there. So I'll, I just wanted to he might sure also cover that turn as well. the afro into braids. You might be right, and then he loses the inches. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> I have to, I'm trying to find it, but um, because and I'm talking just while I look it up, but um, I do think that's somewhat important. Not that I didn't think those that like the it's not that big a deal. And I I have often asked people like if Wiseman was this exact same prospect and was listed as six eleven and a half, does he get lumped in with the top three? Because I think the answer to that is no. 
now that it doesn't look like he's that big, I still wonder. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, because Okong was 6'9", and that's like as small as you can be and still be like a legitimate uh, like full-time center. And yeah. he's still like – his defense is like so good that you can probably make the case to pick him in the top five. So it's like the the, the height is really the only wow. advantage that Wiseman has at the moment because it's like if he fills in the, the defensive – you know, technique and you know, off like shooting and all that kind of stuff that it, like that he is projected to be able to do, then it's worth it. But if he's if he's not that big, it's not quite the same. Like still, like he's basically more like a not. He's just not as unique of a player, I guess. If he's not as big, yeah. So here's the here's what I found it, it is. Uh, he's listed as seven foot and a quarter inch with a seven four wingspan. Um. While Miles Turner is six eleven and a half with a seven four wingspan, and, and Wiseman's about ten pounds heavier. Okay. So, um, if Wiseman that. turns into Miles Turner, that's a great pick. I don't know. For, at three? for number three, yeah, a hundred. I mean, you're talking about Miles Turner, who car- carried the Pacers for a few years. You know, um, Miles average- Turner when he was younger was a great center. Yeah, he's all. He's still young. He's like twenty three. Um. Average like twelve and seven last year though, yeah. Yeah, and he's a career like thirty six percent three point shooter, I think. On he's like, good like two, for like two blocks a game. Yeah, well, he's good and he's a good shot blocker, but his all his defensive like metrics are good, not yeah. elite. Yeah, he's so. not like a he's not a like a, he's like one of the guys that's not a rim protector, but he's a shot blocker, like yeah. uh, like Hassan Whiteside. Like your your interior defense is not going to be better with Hassan Whiteside in the middle just because he averages like two blocks a game. Yeah. It is so, crazy me to, for me to think about Miles Turner being 24. I feel like he's 30 years old. You know, Tobias Harris is only like 26. Yeah. No, he's, he's been in the league yeah. for like a hundred years. I know. It's so NBA players are so funny like that. Like um, Tobias Harris is uh, 28 now, but it's the same thing where it's just like, like we had Michael Kidd Gilchrist for decades. And he's 27. Yeah, like he's got. Caldwell Pope is is also below 30, and it, yeah. he seems like he'd be like 33. Yeah, yeah I know. He's, yeah, he's 27. It's, yeah, it's, it's so funny that um these players are getting through like their second and third contracts, and they're still like years away from turning 30. Um, the other, the last, the other measurement by the way that i thought was interesting um uh, speaking of players being smaller than advertised uh obi toppin is the same size as tj warren Ooh, is that he didn't do the combine did he no i don't think so no he didn't they're everybody's doing this combine now but it's all like they're just doing it when they can and the teams are just like getting the information as it comes in and i'm just like okay so i don't think that like nba has it all listed but like uh but draft express and uh, other media outlets when they get access to it are sharing it. Um, but it's just kind of in bits and pieces, so there's nowhere to go and like look at everything. But yeah, Obi Toppin had same height, wingspan, and weight as TJ Warren. And Warren's like a 3-4. And Toppin's supposed to be like a center. So that's another interesting thing to see how that Yeah, again, I'll, I'll say the mindset is kind of changing when it comes mm-hmm. to your big at the center. Um, you can play smaller players at yeah, the yeah. center, and I think that Borrego's offense would fit that very well. 
not arguing for Obi Toppin at three. I'm just saying that, you know, the center position is ever evolving and maybe slightly disappearing as well. I did update uh, the NBA Combine stats with all of the players' measurements. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. I uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, really looked into him or not because I, I haven't even really watched him that much either. But Caleb Wesson, he's a center from Ohio State. He'd probably be oh. available at 56. He's, he's 6'10 been... and a quarter. That's way taller than I thought he was going to be. And he's yeah. a lights out shooter for a big man. Yeah, that's the yeah, he's been killing it in the workouts. He is like the the number one player in the star shooting drill. Which, by the way, oh yeah, sneaky, sneaky tiring. Like, oh yeah, You're I, running I did a lot. that. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, this is a lot more running than I thought it was. We need to make sure everybody understands we're referencing an article that Jonathan wrote where he actually went through the um, combine and uh, did. did all the exercises that you got to do on a combine. Except we certainly have to note, just for fair and accurate reporting, he did not was not able to hit the reps on the bench press. Did we cover that already? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I failed completely. Failed to bench press. Um, Your boy yeah. Weston is two hundred and seventy pounds. Yeah, he's a, big, a boy. big boy. He's a big boy. Uh, he's I I never really thought about him uh, as uh, an option, but he's been killing in these shooting numbers, and yeah, he's uh, kind of sneaking into the and he's a good passer too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's six ten and a quarter, seven three and a half wingspan. 253 pounds on the NBA website. He was like one of the leaders in the star drill. I mean, he had 73 blocks in three years at uh, Ohio State. I mean, he he's like he's not like like a uh, he's there's a very clear path to him not being in the NBA. I guess just yes. not like not not being a capable defender or doing anything other than hitting like spot up threes. But that if you can get him at 56 like that that is totally worth like that That'll like work. that yeah. that is your big man investment in the draft i think if you can get him at 56. <laughs> and then you just and then you just tell cody to teach him to do all the the glue guy stuff because I, th- I think that's going to be an underrated aspect of next season is whatever big man they get in the draft being able to learn how to do all of that stuff that you like would never know to do unless you've played basketball for like 80 years like cody zeller has like I think that's going to help a lot, and I like I kind of hope that they don't trade him at the deadline because like if if they can get something for him, obviously you do it just because the locker room doesn't matter as much as improving your team. But uh, I would I would like for them to keep him around for at least a little bit because he's he's I've I've, I've this off season I've decided that Cody Zeller is like criminally underrated. He's like much much better of a center <laughs> than than he is given credit for, especially by Chase. Hornets fans. Chase, that is just that is. Oh, he's, 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 he's much, he's much better than he's given credit for. And I see Caleb Wesson try to set an ineffective pick, get the ball. How are they ineffective? Cody Zeller is one of the best screen setters. He's, he's, the, like, yeah, oh. he's literally the best screen setter in the NBA. And then like a lost deer, just like <laughs> try to find someone to give this ball to. Though I'm wide open at the top of the key and could kind of hit down an open shot when I was somewhat good in college. Um, if I see that on this team, because Chase is suggesting that this would be a good shepherd for whoever we get at center, um, I'm going to be upset, sir. Upset. Not a big Cody Zeller fan. Trade him as fast as we can. <laughs> so Cody Zeller, I think is always the thing with him is that, which speaking of sneaky young players, he he's only 28. Um, Jesus. <laughs> 47. I know he's losing his hair. He's been on the Hornets for 15 years and he's 28 years old. Um, but uh, 
and he like just turned 28 too in October. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Um, I think he, so. What I think the thing with Cody Zeller is the things he does well not immediately apparent. Like if you just like watch, and this isn't you, Zach. Obviously, I know you watch all Hornets games, but like in generally speaking. The stuff that Cody Zeller does well does not jump out at you if you only watch like bits and pieces of Hornets games or if you don't watch Hornets games. And the stuff he does poorly immediately jumps out at you, like when he gets stuffed by the rim on layup attempts or gets all of his shots blocked by others by guards and hits the back of the rim on every jump shot he takes. But like the little things like the screen setting and the positional aware like the positional awareness on defense and the the ability to make right the right decision with the ball on offense even if it doesn't always look pretty like he does he is a good player not not he's obviously not giving a three you're like yep we got Cody Zeller at center we're set there but he's a he's a fine player to have and i think he is a good mentor cuz he seems like a super nice guy i also like to keep him here cuz he's a super I, nice guy and he's funny on instagram yeah he he's Fair hilarious enough. i would I, I would push back that if you've seen the Hornets play Cody Zeller, or that if you've seen the Hornets play, then you've seen the stuff that Cody Zeller does that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. I got to push back on that because if you watch a Hornets play, usually you're not watching Cody Zeller. Yeah, because he's never that's, on the. Court. That's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, well, he played. <laughs> he played uh, most of the games last 58 year. Fifty-eight games last year, forty-nine games year before, thirty-four well, games they the year. Play? They only played sixty. I think they played yeah. sixty, right? The Hornets did at least. I don't. I think every team was different, but I think the I Hornets think, got yeah. the somewhere in the low sixties. Yeah, I remember so he, he sat out one game too, just because Borrego was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to play Biz, Billy, and Jalen McDaniel's tonight." Like he wasn't even hurt. The Hornets played uh, fifty-five games last year. Oh, okay. So he averages like a assist a game. Just re- a real glue guy. Is a real just the heart of the team, Cody Zeller. Wait, I do <laughs> two two point sixty five games, and the and he played fifty eight. Sorry, what? Okay. what uh, I think he he averages like like his like per forty minute numbers. Not that he's ever going to play forty minutes in a game or like <laughs> consecutively, but uh, I think they're they're like way better than the the per game per thirty six minutes. He had two point four assists. He had three three in uh, the year before last year. That's pretty solid for a center that yeah. again is not touching the ball like really ever for long periods of time. <laughs> His actually last year in whole, he averaged 17, 11, and two for 36. Yeah, like if, if you didn't tell me that was Cody Zeller, like you, you'd be like, wow, that guy's like pretty damn good. But then if you like, <laughs> or like, oh, it was Cody Zeller, you're like, oh, well, he's fine, never I mind. guess. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, is there anything else? I I know we haven't really talked a whole lot about the second round picks. I guess we can run through real quick. Is there any wish list? That you guys have of like people that at either 32 or 56 or even like somewhere in that ballpark if the Hornets make a trade or like package them to move up a couple spots. Is there anybody you really want to see in a Hornets uniform from that range in particular? What do you think? I I don't have an answer for this. Chase has, I know Chase has a few. Yeah. I mean, if, if they could get like, I mean, this is a long shot, but if Xavier Tillman falls to 32, I would literally shed a tear. (laughs) <laughs> like I, that would be perfect for him to to be on the team. Uh, I mean, Isaiah Joe falling would be really nice too. He's the best shooter in the draft, if you ask me. Uh, Teo Maladon is I I saw like that might be a, a while ago now, so I don't know if it's necessarily like an outdated rumor or not. But he his stock is apparently falling. He was supposed to be like a borderline lottery point guard going into 
mm-hmm. his pro season in France, but he's kind of dropped off a little bit since then. I mean, if he's available at 32, he's a point guard that's like legit 6'5". So that would be a really nice, like, I mean, he's still the same sort of like steady ball handling point guard that's not going to be able to take over the offense, but can run it smoothly like Devante kind of. But I mean, having a 6'5 point guard do that instead of a 6'1 is definitely going to help them defensively at least. Elijah Hughes would be good at 32. I don't know if he's going to last that far. Uh, I mean, there are a ton of guys that I would like for them to pick it. There are a lot, that's a really good spot in the draft. You're getting a first round talent for like less than a million dollars or around a million dollars every year. Yeah. For like three with like four years of team control. That's like, that's such a valuable pick. I'm very excited to see what they do with that. Or yeah. they could even trade back into the first round too. I don't think that's out of the question either. No, it's what's so funny is like with this draft, um, it's it is not a great draft, especially at the top, where I feel like there's no like there's no tier one prospect, so to speak. And then you have right. like tier two prospects, which we for us are Ball and Edwards. And then you have like I don't know eight to ten tier. Three. And then it's there's maybe thirty players that are tier four. Right. Yeah. Like twenty through forty. Like all of those guys are like having not an equal chance of succeeding but like you could make the argument that like oh this guy got picked at 39th he's going to be better than the guy that got picked 22nd like there's so many good pieces to be found for like low cost like long team control so there it'll be that part of the draft will see a lot of movement i think especially because there are multiple teams that have a lot of picks like boston and philly yeah and there's definitely gonna be players that are mocked in like the 30s that get picked like like Cassius Winston, like Trey Jones is marked mock 36 on ESPN. And he's going to go like 19th or something. And everybody's gonna be like, Oh, I wasn't expecting this. And then he'll be fine. And it's like, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I saw something that said Jaden McDaniels draft range is mid lottery to mid second round, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. And Jayden like he, he's available at 32. That would be really cool too. Cause then they'd have two sets of twins and he like, he's different than Jalen, but like is also just like a six ten lanky forward that, can move and play defense so and we would be absolute nightmare for opposing broadcasts to have identical no idea who's on the court (laughs) especially with such similar names too like jalen Jaden, cody caleb like they're they're very easy to like intertwine i I want someone to say like cody mcdaniels or like (laughs) jalen martin or something i actually did that uh last night i was typing up a comment about jalen mcdaniels and I had to double check because I originally typed Jaden, and I'm like, wait, which McDaniel's is on the Hornets? And I had to look <laughs> up it was if it was Jalen or Jaden, and so that would be fun, especially because all four of them could theoretically uh, share the court if we were yeah, down four of them. Actually, yeah, that's a good point because they're like all of them are like capable ball handlers. You could just stick like yeah. a point guard on there. Yeah, so you could have a oh, point man. guard, and then the Martins play the wings, and then the McDaniel's play the bigs. And it, That's I what we like to call not a competitive lineup. <laughs> it is not, is but it, that it's a the, fun the lineup. Cade Cunningham lineup right there. <laughs> you can, you just, you're imagining Cade Cunningham being the, the point guard type player in that lineup yes, in the next be, year. But that would be so fun to watch because uh, Jalen and Jaden aren't, they aren't twins, but they do look identical. Like they're the same build. I think they even have like the same haircut and stuff. Um, and then obviously the Martin twins. So yes, that, so yes, Jaden McDaniels is on the wish list for 32. Um, along with the players you said, I like Jamias. Is it Jamias Ramsey? I, don't know. I've never I think it's Jamias. I think Jamias is how I've heard Jemias. him on uh, like text never... broadcast for games and stuff. I like because uh, he was expected to be a lottery pick for a while, and he's fallen down very fast. Kind of, like, and 
will players drop or rise significantly after the season when no basketball is being played? I don't really put a lot of stock into it. So like a player like him who's gone from like to second round, basically with no basketball being played, is something that's very intriguing to me as a second round pick. Yeah, like he he's very easy to talk yourself into like being a good player in the NBA just because of how good of a shooter he was and like yeah anyone anyone with that frame could be good at defense if they get a good coach and like engage. Yeah, you got yeah he's like if you're a good size and you can shoot and you're decently athletic then you know there's a shot you'll be a contributing NBA player. Um, I like Tillman a lot too. Uh, one other one that's more just more like a fun thing, not necessarily like I don't know how well he'll work out, but it'd be fun to uh get like Marcus Howard at 56 or something just because speaking of best he might be the best shooter in the draft yeah he's uh, he's definitely up there and like top at least like top five or six range like um, he would he would he would be really fun yeah and i don't know how good he'd be just because he might be it might be another like jimmer for that situation where he just can't guard True. anybody yeah or run an offense but yeah, He's but those types of players who have like special abilities, like things that they do really well, like those, are, that's what I would be looking for in that range is just a guy who could come off the bench and hit, hit open shots. That's yeah. kind of what you need in that role. Also, the players that like, like you said, were projected in the first round and and no basketball has happened, <laughs> but now they've dropped down to the second yeah. round. I love those players, too. Yeah, so that's that. Those are kind of on my list. Um. I feel like the second round is kind of. I think the goal would be to get a a point guard and a center, if there isn't any like stand. Like if you're looking positionally, obviously, like you said with like Isaiah Joe and Jaden McDaniel's and those guys. Like if there's a wing prospect that's you're clearly better than who other players rank you have ranked, you take them. But I think I think the Hornets are probably looking like ideally we get like a a center, a big and a guard. That's that works out to be the best players out there, like getting Azubuke or Tillman or uh, Najee or something at 32 and then getting like Peyton Pritchard or somebody at 50 or Ashton Hagens at 56 or something like that. I think the Hornets would be very happy with that. Yeah. Cause what you need as a, like as a team does sort of play into the best player available as well. Like, yeah. Like if a power forward being a, available at three like not that it is the case but a power forward being the clear best player available at three like that might not actually like they might look at it differently since they have miles pj and jalen mcdaniels like it just because they like it does it, like you can't just keep adding talent at the same position over and over and over again so like to a certain extent that it, it what you need does play into the best player available but i could definitely see him just being like here we picked, you know, Anthony Edwards or Lamella Ball or whatever at three. We're just going to add, you know, Teo Maladon or Isaiah Joe because this is clearly like a very good investment of the thirty-second pick. Yeah. Um, I think that covers everything. Um, we will we will talk to you guys again after the draft at some point because we will have new players to talk about. We'll have new stuff that actually happened for the first time since March. So that'll be cool. And then we'll have actual basketball in, really fast uh, the third week of December, which is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for Christmas basketball coming up. Like, I'm so glad that I think college starts in like 11 days, technically. I think the I 25th is when the NCAA opens. When they're going to try? I mean, um, that, this, the scheduling for that is going to be ridiculous. But yeah, they're going to try <laughs> to play in 11 days. 
but yeah, but the whole NBA, this whole thing is going to be fun. Like it is the, the upside to having all of that dead time is that we get this whole off season condensed into five weeks where, and then two days later, free agency starts. And then two days later, uh, players can sign deals. And then I think it's, um, like a week and a half later, training camp starts. And then, you know, the season's and then three more weeks and then the season starts. And then we get Christmas basketball, which I love having Christmas or basketball games on while I'm doing all the Christmas stuff, like hanging out with family. Have we'll have the Knicks getting blown out by the Celtics or 76ers or somebody at noon, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say this too, and it's not Charlotte Hornets related, but it is NBA related. The fact that they it's not said enough what they accomplished in twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. Setting up the bubble, I realized the ratings were down, but they had no positive tests during the bubble. I watched almost every minute of definitely all the playoff games and a lot of the regular season games that they played, and it was great basketball. It was competitive basketball, and um, you know they pulled that off. That's a pretty historic thing that happened. Oh yeah, um, it gets talked about a little bit, but uh, <laughs> not let that go and said that like i can't believe that seasoned and the playoffs happened and now we're about to have more basketball again and unlike some of the stuff that is now happening in the nfl i believe that they are concerned about the safety of their fans and their players and will be able to pull it off in their own arenas in december and going forward and hopefully we'll be able to see or have the opportunity to see live games you know maybe in 2021 at some point yeah like hopefully if we're lucky like before the end of the season of this coming season there might be access to some fans even if they aren't filling up the whole arena which not like we're filling up the whole arena anyway right <laughs> that's a that's a good point the hornets could hey filling up the bottom bowl <laughs> yeah so um with that we will see you all later peace out see ya